three, two, one. Good morning, Gallahorn. <laughs> We're back. Hey, Drew. Hey, Ted. How you doing? Hey. Feel a year older already. Yeah. How you guys doing? My, my shoulder hurts from surgery on Wednesday, but other than that, I'm good. What, what exactly did you have done? You have like a what, some rotator cuff or something? Oh, I had, dude, I, I had a complete overhaul. It was really? like, I might as well go on to Meineke. Yeah, I had like a partially torn rotator cuff, uh, an impingement. I had bone spurs, and my bicep had partially detached from the bone. So he did, had to fix all that. A man barely alive. Gentlemen, we can rebuild him. We have the technology. We have the capability to make the world's first bionic man. I'd show, show you my scars, but it like hurts too much to move and move my shirt, so I'm not going to. But it's it was quite the lengthy process. But Honestly. I'm well on, the, well on the road to recovery, though. You're in better shape than some of the Vikings offensive linemen last year. <laughs> well, I, I, I was kidding with my with my friends at work that my shoulder is so bad that the, the St. Louis Cardinals GM, John Mozalak, has a, <laughs> has a standing five-year, $50 million offer for me to come pitch and go on the DL for him. There you go. <laughs> there you go. How you doing, Drew? How I'm doing well. I'm, I'm just uh, getting into the draft stuff. Finally kind of getting over the – even though I'm still kind of angry about the Vikings, I'm kind of moving on because there's we got free agency in the draft and uh, plugging right along out here in California in hippie land. That's about all we got going on. Uh, speaking of angry, I apologize to our viewers, but especially me who was a little bit upset after this last season. And wish it would have gone a whole lot better. But we have been working at it to bring back today the first broadcast of the 2019 season. Now that it's a new year, NFL league year, so that we can bring you Vikings football in all its glory. Bunch of people have been asking about it. I think like four people asked me about it. So. We got hordes of guests and followers wondering where the show's been, but we're back. Oh, we have quite a few and more than you know. Come in now. Even some of the big boys. Good, good, good. Are asking for where's Good Morning Callahorn? Who would those big boys be? <laughs> um, <laughs> and, and, we have uh, Dr. Eric Eager and a uh, <clears throat> um, uh, caller, Matthew. Oh, really? Yes. Nice. Um, we, got, we got people in our group that have been asking me also in the Gallahorn group. So, um, Oh, yeah. Good, and we've, we've had that. It's just I've been extremely busy here at the Stefano household. We are in the process of selling this house. It just went on the market a couple of weeks ago and finding a new house to move into that is larger and better and closer to people's works. And you want to talk about a pain in the backside, especially when a realtor comes in and goes, oh, no, you need to move all this, and you need to stage it this way, and you need to put this in storage, and you need to do that, and we need to clean, and we need to do that, and you can't be there when they chose. And no, and that moving and is all. the worst. Oh, moving is the absolute worst. I and it. I am presently out in my garage in my temporary studio 
until we eventually get moved and set up. Hopefully it'll be before the draft when all this gets resolved, but I'm not betting on it. So let's get into... What are we going to talk right. about? What are we going to talk about? Now we got you know, we got the show back on. Here we go. We're grooving. What are we going to talk about? We're going to talk about our anger issues. Let's quickly dissect. <laughs> oh my god! Let's our quickly dissect what happened last year. The eight, seven, and one that had us all sort of been out of shape these last couple months. And I want to start with a piece that Judd Zolgad and Matthew Collar. Did a podcast on here this last week. And they nailed it. And they talked uh, quite a few things and about how the Vikings are going through their PR campaign right now with Spielman and Zimmer at the Combine trying to rewrite history. And it looks like they're trying to blame everything on John D. Filippo. But we know. That isn't quite the case. They go through the timeline. We hit the season before. We go 13 and 3, make it all the way to the NFC Championship game, get our butts spanked, go into the offseason, and we know we are one of the three teams that is in play for our quarterback, Kirk Cousins. They look and say, yes, we want to improve a quarterback. We don't trust Case, think he's a one-year wonder. We don't trust Teddy's knee. We're going to move on. We want Kirk Cousins. And that's what they do. But prior to that in the timeline, they go hire John D. Filippo. Now, there was words that came out at the time that Zimmer didn't want DeFilippo. He wanted Stefanski and to continue with the Shermer offense. But somehow, some way, he was told, nope, we're going DeFilippo, and DeFilippo became the coordinator. And then shortly thereafter, free agency opens up. We grab us Kirk Cousins. And soon after that, the rest is history. But they knew at the time that Kirk Cousins plays best in the West Coast-style offense. Well, bringing in John Filippo, he didn't play the basic West Coast-style offense, and he didn't play, obviously, the Pat Shermer version of it. And it seemed, at least to Zolgad and Collar, that they were sabotaging themselves straight off the get-go, just marrying, selecting and marrying an offensive coordinator, and a quarterback. Drew, do you think this was the case? Uh, wow. Yeah, that pod it was very well done. It was a very good pod. I would kind of, I have a question that I would like to, piggybacking off that a little bit, to ask you guys. And I don't know if you could shed light on this or not. I'm going to defer it all to you guys. But I can look at it from the, the comparison of, let's say, decision-making, that's really where I'm at with this whole thing. And DeFilippo, I know it's not worth talking about. The guy's gone, whatever. It's not, But it is kind of worth talking about to me when it comes to decision-making of the team. Let's say we have a band. All right. Ted, 
Ted's the drummer because he kind of has that Don Henley thing going anyway, right? He, Ted, Ted can play some drums. All right. I wanted Dave, to be a drummer when I was growing up. Dave, Dave, we got you on fiddle, you know, because you, <laughs> you can play the fiddle. You can sing a little bit. I am the bass player because I am shredder on the bass. And then we got a guitar player. Mm-hmm. We're going, we're going, we got a manager. Manages, you know, our finances, books our gigs, keeps us, deals with all the shit we don't want to deal with, right? And we got a guitar player. So we got guitar, we got you on fiddle and singing, we got me playing bass, and Ted chopping up the skins. We're going along, we're going along, we're doing really well for a couple of years. All of a sudden, our guitarist leaves. He's going to Idaho to sit in a potato patch or something and find himself. Either way, it leaves us in a lurch. Because guitar is a huge part of our band. Right. So we all meet together, me, you, and Ted, and say, we got to find another guitar player or we're going to be done. I mean, guitar, we know the guitar lines. We've all written the songs. We know the guitar parts. We know what it's supposed to sound like. We know our genre of music. We know all that. So we need a new guitar player. Do we let the manager choose our guitar player? That's where I'm at with this whole thing with the Vikings. Did, did we let Spielman choose the offensive coordinator? That was my whole long, elongated comparison was coming down to. We Would we let our manager pick our guitar player for us? Here's my thing. I I think That's if, like, would, like, would you let Spielman choose your offensive coordinator? I, that, I think Mike Zimmer had a preference, but I, I don't think it was a fall on my sword thing for it. I mean, like, look, I'd like Stefanski. And and obviously we're not in the room when they're talking about who are they going to hire. Maybe maybe it was along the lines of Spielman saying, "Hey, hear him out. Let's just let's just interview him, see what he says." Blows away the interview. Yeah, okay, I think I can work with this guy. I, I don't know, but well, yeah, I I, Dave has spoken in the past. Dave says I think Spielman got him and just told Zimmer, "You got to deal with it." So I don't know whether it goes along that line or do they all sit around a table? Who's making the decisions for the? Personnel for everything in this in this. Whole oh, I think I think Spielman has final say. I, mean, over, I do too. Who they yeah, if the coach gets fired, it's usually by the GM. But I mean, the I, owner obviously can say. I, I think I, I, Spielman picked the guitar player. I mean, <laughs> I get it, but yeah, I don't know. So I have a problem to answer in kind of a way. I, I don't really, I don't know how the Vikings are going about making decisions, but the whole thing with Filippo was wrong and backwards. It was all done wrong. Well, and then you start bringing in the blocking scheme. I heard Zolgad talking about the blocking scheme was completely wrong to begin with. So they took a bunch of subpar offensive line guys, gave them the wrong blocking scheme, and the whole thing's a mess. How does it get to be a mess? Here's here's what I that, that really what really irritated me, and and I don't off this caller and Zolgad piece. I listened to it, but I I've been kind of cloudy headed the last four or five days, but I, I know I heard it or read it from somewhere. <laughs> it's called yeah. <laughs> um, but, but at the combine, it was either Spielman or Zimmer said, hey, you know, every place I've been, a free agent has played much better in his second year than in his first year. And I, I thought, so, and so everything's going to be hunky-dory for Kirk Cousins in his second year. And I thought that was the dumbest excuse I have ever heard. Because oh, if, you, bullshit. if you want to go by that logic train, you should have kept Case Keenum, who had a pretty good first season. <laughs> right, right. No, right. I'm, I'm serious. No, I'm, I'm being totally serious here. I mean, if, if you want to talk about 
opening up credibility issues, that, that's a massive one for me. Well, Kirk will do a lot better in his second year in, in, in the system. Well, A, it's a new system, so it'll be his first year again. And B, that played pretty well would have been coming into his second year in the new system in, mm -hmm. in Case Keenum. Now, I'm not saying that, that the Vikings should have picked Keenum over Cousins. I think Cousins is the better quarterback. Um, but instead of saying that, just say, you know, there were times last year when either the offense was playing well, the defense didn't, or when the defense was playing well, the offense didn't. Sure. And we brought Kirk Cousins in and paid him a lot of money to play very well in crunch time. And for a good part of last season, he didn't. He knows that. He needs to fix on he needs to fix it. And we're gonna work on that. And one of the things we're gonna try and help him with is to bring in a, an offensive system that he's very familiar and comfortable with, with people he's worked with in the past. That would have been a great answer. But they just do this stupid, <laughs> this stupid, well, he's going to be great in his second year. All right. was pretty good in his first year. Uh, um, Alex Boone was terrible in his first year to the point he didn't make it for his second, second year. year. Right. Uh, and I just, I just, oh, I just, uh, I'm getting so frustrated with just this this stupid, nonsensical Rick speak that I, I used to make fun of when I did these parody columns about his his press conference, um, his press conferences, and now it's just making me mad because it's like they all think we're idiots. And right. look, that, we're not that really bugs the shit out of me. That's we're not we're not football guys. We don't break down hours of tape and work in an office 15 hours a day for the Minnesota Vikings. I get it. But we're not stupid either. No. I mean no. we're we're not stupid. So just be honest and see, because we can all see it clear as, as the nose uh, on our face that Kirk Cousins didn't play well in high leverage situations last year. The Minnesota Vikings, when it really mattered last year, the defense couldn't get off the field. Just say those are the two big things you need to fix, and this is how I think we're going to fix them. And I would have been a lot more fired up heading into this offseason. I agree, and I also feel that they, they think we don't remember things. Uh, because I heard the other day, we're bringing in a new offensive system that better suits Kirk Cousins' skill set. That's what I heard with DiFilippo. Right. Like, yes. Almost the same sentence. And I'm thinking, do they not remember the things that went on last? That, that's where it gets me. Not only the intelligent thing, but it's like, it, they think we're all dumbasses. But do we? Do you not remember what the hell you say at these other press conferences? It doesn't make, it really doesn't make much sense. It's almost like. I'd rather a guy come out and say, hey, we fucked the whole thing up. We're going to give it another go. You know? Right. Yeah. Well, and last year they said they watched every single throw from every single quarterback, being Case, Teddy, and Kirk. And if they watched every single throw, they should have seen that Kirk Cousin works in a West Coast offense. So <clears throat> DeFilippo comes in and says, yes, Kirk's my man. I can work with him. And then changes the offense. I think we can win the Super Bowl with Kirk Cousins. Go ahead and throw tornadoes at me or whatever. But I don't think you go get a guy like Kirk Cousins and just let your offensive line go to hell. That's where I think the disconnect. Yeah, but it's been gone to hell for three years. Yeah, but it did could have got years. it didn't get addressed right. It didn't. I mean, you got the they they said that the other day in the press conference, we didn't expect the run on the interior offensive lineman at the beginning of the second round. We didn't expect it. 
You mean you didn't do draft simulations? Everybody <laughs> else did. And that's, that's you know, and that's another investment. What a dumb thing to say. We didn't <laughs> saying you didn't expect it. If I'm the owner of the team, I'm pulling them aside, going, "What the fuck do you mean you didn't expect it?" I mean, come on, dude. Everybody else did. Yeah, that's why I you mean, need draft simulations. You simulate the draft to try to get an idea of where it's going to come down to, right? Yeah. We, do, we do draft simulations. I mean. Terrible ones, but yeah, I do anyways. Very terrible. Still, I mean, they're not going to be exact to what goes on with the real thing, but if you're, if you're doing one after another after another, it's sooner or later, if somebody's keeping some analytical amount of shit, then there's going to be a run on offensive linemen somewhere in the second round. Then you can't say we didn't. If you're saying we didn't expect it, to me, that's like saying we didn't prepare. That's yeah, exactly. Exactly. There are agencies that run like 10,000 drafts just so they know, you know, what to expect at what levels. And they get these, this data and should not do it and not take part of that, not look at all that statistics. Just blows my mind. Well, maybe they did and they just didn't believe it based on their own ignorance, inter internal polling or, they or whatever. I don't know. I mean, Ruby Ruby even does, before they go on trial, they do mock trials with judges and juries. They, they do that because it, mm -hmm. it helps you when your real case comes around. I mean, everybody does mock whatever they're doing. But it, it, they are lucky that Brian O'Neill worked out as good as he has. They are yeah, lucky. They because are. if they didn't, they would have been a big whiff last year. He's at least the guy that's come through this draft that can save the right side of the offense. He's at least going to be a starter, and I'm really happy with that draft pick. But they're fortunate they got him. I will say uh, one thing reading about Rick Dennison, the new offensive mm -hmm. line coach. I like him. He says he wants to institute his own blocking scheme. And, and I, I will say that that seems to fit the Vikings offensive line personnel a lot better than, than the, the, whatever the heck they were running. <laughs> hey, you, Hey, you blocks. Hey, you blocking scheme. They ran for a good part of last year. So, I'll be. <clears throat> I, I'm cautiously optimistic that uh, although Kevin Stefanski uh, seemed to be overtaken by Gary Kubiak the second they hired the Denver Mafia uh, <laughs> in terms of importance in the assistant coach's room, listening to Zimmer talk, I, I don't know. I I I got to hold on to something, and that's and that's my thing that makes me think that they've they realized they screwed up, and two years ago. <clears throat> when Spielman realized he screwed up, he was very aggressive in handling the offensive line. He got Riley Reef and Mike Remmers in free agency, and then he drafted Pat Elfline. And the offensive line was a key reason the Vikings went 13 and 3 in 2017. If he takes that sense of urgency into this free agency and draft, I think the Vikings O line will be okay. I think. Yeah, but is getting a guy like Mike Remmers really urgency? Two is years that, ago it was, yeah. Because it was. Is that just a body that people you can say you got? I mean, her people from Carolina when we got him laughing, going, "You can have him." They thought about him how we thought about how we thought about Khalil. Please tell me, Ted Glover, they are going to address this offensive line. Please tell me it's going to happen this year. I mean, address it in a real balls out. Address the shit out of it. I I would think they would at least get somebody more serviceable than Tom Compton in free agency this year. Compton, bam! Remmers, bam! They both need to be out like your bone spurs. Ow! Yeah. Get them out! Give them the bone um, spur, baby! It, it hurts, but it gets better.
<laughs> uh, <laughs> um, and then, and then I, I would say two of their first three picks in the draft would almost have to be offensive linemen too, which we can talk about if you want. I just want to see it get addressed. I want to see the offensive, and that way I could say, you know what, we did everything we could. I mean, we're still going to have a very good defense. It, we're still going to be in a competitive team. The window's still open, guys, but they can't. You can't win a championship with the, the, the caliber offensive line that the Vikings have. You're not going to do it. It has no. to be better. It has no. to be better, and they have to address it. Okay, so that moves us into free agency and the draft, and if they have to address it, we already know we are have, the, what was it, $7 million available in the cap somewhere around there. Christ, I got, right more money in my, I got more money in my mattress, for fuck's sake. And then we, there's tweets out yesterday saying that the salary cap's only going to be $118 million or 188 188 million, and that only leaves us like $5 million, and that doesn't even cover the rookie class. So you figure you need $7 million to cover the rookie class roughly, and then you're going to need another – Shit. Up to 10 to cover everybody else because you do have to lay um figure in your practice squad guys. And it's like we need to come up with money. And this is there's only one way that that's gonna happen, and that's gonna be getting rid of some veterans. Now, you guys had mentioned a couple in the fact of Compton and Remmers. Gone! But there might be others. Ted, have you heard of any? I I would think Sendeo getting cut is a foregone conclusion. He has no guaranteed money. Uh, I'd have to look at his cap number, but it was like seven or eight million, I think. He's out. Um, You know, one thing, let's talk about this. Uh, Let's talk about Everson Griffin. Because a a couple days ago, and again, this this might have been an OxyContin fever dream. Um, But I, I, I read I, I read somewhere, or maybe I saw a tweet, uh, that the Vikings do not plan to restructure Everson Griffin's contract. Now, this I remember this coming out a couple days, maybe a day or two before the $188 million salary cap was announced. Not even attempting to restructure it? Right. Oh, Which wow. with with he's only got what a million two in dead money. Mm-hmm. And if and if they cut him, I think it's a ten million dollar savings. Wow, that's still e- weatherly. That's weatherly right there. Everson Griffin is over thirty years old. Yeah, he is, which means you know he's starting to decline. He didn't look he, good the second half of the season when he came he, back. He didn't, and he had his off field issues last year, which makes this sound harsh and mean and cruel, and I don't mean it to be. But the NFL, first and foremost, is a business. Sure. And the reason the New England Patriots have been competitive for longer than we have been in Afghanistan is because (laughs) they realize (laughs) when great players need to go. Yes. They don't don't hang out. They don't slurp people. Nobody's favorite there. And and I love Everson Griffin, and I I want him to conquer his, his demons, but I... I think it's just utterly ridiculous to keep him around at that current cap hit he's going to take. Now, if you want to reach him and, and 
maybe take five or six million off. I'd be cool with that. Um, I, but that said, I thought Stephen Weatherly played very well in his absence. Um, and, and from a pure football perspective, I think you could make a better case for getting rid of Everson Griffin this year than you could for getting rid of Brian Robeson at the end of training camp last year. Absolutely agree. Mm-hmm. Just saying. So Sandejo and Griffin, what does that put us up to? 14 mil? Somewhere in there. No. Got to be another 17 one. 17 mil, somewhere in there. I have, uh, I, and you talked about a tweet, Ted. I read a tweet this morning where one of the beat writers was heard talking that they're heard Vikings people talking that both Everson Griffin and Kyle Rudolph are going to be approached to severely renegotiate their contract or they will be let go. Oh, really? Now, that's hearsay. You know, that's somebody reporting, they're hearing reporters talk who heard club officials. But those are two names. You got to get Rudolph too, right? Remmers, he's gone. Yeah, Remmers, Remmers is uh, Rem 1. 1. 1.8 million in dead money. Uh, and a cap of he's not six point three million. So they could they could save four million about or create four million in cap space getting rid of him. Sendejo, uh, five point five gone. gone. Uh, I heard you know I did hear that Trey Wayne's they're they're shopping Trey Wayne's mm-hmm. who's got a cap number of of nine million, which would free up some money. I what would well, you guys except for one of the trade rumors is. They're Assembly. talking specifically with Oakland to do a a Waynes for Osimile trade. If Oakland does that, they're on meth. I mean, I'll well, yeah, I'll, but we know Oakland's on jump, meth. I'll jump at it. I'll jump at that. But it seemed like we'd have to sweeten the pod a little more. I mean, Osimile's he's twice the talent that Waynes is. But hey, I'm not. Who knows? It's Gruden. Gruden does anything he wants. <laughs> well, I'd we, we read... do that trade in a second. I'd do it in a second. Then. Well, Osimile. <clears throat> Assembly has a ten point two million dollar cap mm-hmm. hit with no dead money. So yeah, right. that no, that, he'd be more expensive. Yeah, yeah, and, but he, yeah, but he's a proven starter that can get in. You don't have to question. He plug him in, done. That position's taken care of. Yeah, that's true. And then now, we have there's one of our guards right there. But and, but why? But see, and here's the thing. This is this is Ted's pet peeve. I, I didn't mean to step on you, Dave. But this is I'm gonna I'm gonna do a little rant here. This is Ted's little pet peeve about Trey Wings. Hit it, Bones Burr. When, when Trey Wings was, was picked and drafted and, and didn't play much his, his rookie season, everybody said, oh, he's terrible, he's a bust, he's terrible, he's a bust. We should get rid of him. I never said that. Now he's well, <clears throat> and, and, and everybody said, well, now, now, that, now that he's finally playing well and everybody is, he's doing what everybody was complaining that he wasn't doing, now everybody wants to trade him. I just, it's stupid. I just don't get it. Ted, every Monday, the coach needs to be fired and all the players need to be shot. And every Saturday, we're going to win the Super Bowl. They're fans. That's what they do. They all, nobody has any, they just fucking knee jerk reactions. I I agree with you. I'm just explaining that's where they're coming from. He is playing better. He is a better player than he used, than he was. He's better. Right. But it's still his pass protection. He's a great tackler. One of the best. His tackling is the reason he's still playing, I think. Right, and against the run, in a run game, he's outstanding. But his, in his pass pro, he's meh. And, but he's improving, and he is going into his prime. 
he's not he didn't develop in you know the four years or five years into the shutdown corner we all hoped he'd be but he's a very good serviceable corner and should start anywhere in the league what do you want to see done with him i mean ted what do you want do you want Wayne to come back what do you want personally I, I think trading him would be kind of silly because if you know everybody says, well, the Vikings are fat at the cornerback position. Do you yet, think we are or not? Last year, no, I, I don't think particularly we are because really? by the by the end of last season, Hughes was hurt, Xavier Rhodes was hurt, and our starting cornerbacks were Holton Hill and Trey Waynes and, and Mackenzie Alexander and and the 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 dime back, I think, who saw some pretty extensive playing time was Marcus Sherrill's. I, I I think it'd be kind of dumb to trade to trade a corner a starting cornerback unless you're going to get a high round pick and or Osemele. a really good player. I, I mean, I mean now if the Raiders dangle like a a three in assembly, yeah, I, I guess I'd do that. I, a I don't three think. and assembly? <laughs> Fuck up! <laughs> I'll drive out there and drive that. <laughs> I mean, I, I, don't I would know. pick I, the semi for him, but if you want to throw a draft pick in too, so the, the draft pick talk yesterday with the Gallagher, and there's people saying he could get a first or a second, and I'm going, yeah. I don't know, I don't know. I don't, I don't think you're going to get a first or a second. Well, but. Oakland, I saw an explanation. One of the reasons why Oakland got rid of Mac last year is Oakland does not want five players on the team <clears throat> taking up more than $70 million in their contract per season. Fuck does Oakland know? Well, it's actually it's it's not a bad premise because you figure you got 180 million on top of that, so that leaves you um, um, 110 million to go with the other, you know, 50 plus players because you got to consider your uh, practice squad. So right, right now the Raiders are sitting uh, with 70. Almost seventy-three million dollars in available cap money, so that's just a dumb excuse. Well, and and that's the Raiders. Uh, but yeah. if you look at if you apply that to Minnesota Vikings and you take the top five players' contracts yeah. on there, we're sitting at the top five at a little bit over eighty million dollars, and that leaves the rest. And I think one of the top five, I'm pretty sure, is Everson Griffin. So they they're going to need to free up some money. And and we we hamstrung ourselves. Seattle, Drew said, has such the advantage because they got Russell Wilson. Russell Wilson been to the Super Bowl twice. They're right? set up. If you get a rookie on his rookie contract, get a rookie quarterback who kicks ass. You're set up to win the Super Bowl the next three years. The Chiefs are in great position. The Chiefs yep. are in great position to win because. They happen to strike it. They strike the gold on the thing because they can put their money elsewhere. They don't have to tie it all up in the quarterback. And they can it just gives you a huge advantage. Well, it does. And if if you don't have that and you have the $28 million a year quarterback, you now have to hope for the hits in the draft to compensate for that. Right, because every other position, there's no more important position than a quarterback. Hey, we'll have every other position. You you're of parts, so you need three or four of them to hit really good. Sure, to make up for that, to put you in that same winning window. We'll and have, we've got to hope for that in one draft. We'll have 17 seventh round picks, so we'll hit on somebody. Yeah, <laughs> uh, you know what? It, I'm going to throw the Raiders right off the window because. 
what do you need to win in this league? You need a playmaking wide receiver, and you need a difference maker on defense. They had both and got rid of them. So fuck the Raiders. They don't know what they're doing over there. Yeah, well, I'm you not know. saying they did, but no, no, no. I, but their logic, I understood their logic on that one. Yes, that does that. That point of it does make sense. I don't. Uh, yeah, with with Cousins, it's, with the money you spend on the quarterback, you're going to have to hit on the other positions. But we got to look at it from the standpoint: we still have Diggs, we still have Thielen, we got Cook. We got a very good foundation of offensive players, minus the offensive line. Yes. See, I, and I would argue they've got three fifths of the problem solved in the offensive line with Riley Reef, Pat Elfline, and Brian O'Neill. They just need to get the interior offensive line fixed. I'm okay with Reef at tackle for another year or two. I'm okay with Elfline. We can do better at tackle. I'm not. I'm not saying they can't, but, no, but I, know, I know. I know. Yeah, I, I'm not disagreeing, but but going into this year, I think Reef is is an okay answer for for 2019. I 100% agree. I 100% agree, but. Uh, let me throw this out there real fast that the more I'm dissecting this first round, Ted, the more I'm seeing the first 10 picks all on defense. And I can't remember a draft in my lifetime where I've seen it, but it might happen this year. That would be beneficial to the Vikings. Yeah, it would be. But what a, that, that brings up the fact that Jonah Williams, those, some of those top, ta- top, top tackles, if they're there at 18, that makes your decision even more wacky. Okay, well, well, here, well if a blue chip tackle drops, you take the blue chip tackle. They don't what? come. Let, let me all. ask you this. We we all agree that the Vikings need to address the offensive line. Yes. But I, um, I agree with what you just said. Those three yeah. can stay. I think Reef, Elfline, O'Neal, you can start there and kind of motor it up from there. Um, You know, Anthony Barr's probably not coming back. No, well, uh, we have no money. Sheldon Richardson might not be coming, coming back. back. We have no money. When I do this, that means they're out. <laughs> let, let's say uh, a guy – Drew, you mentioned 10 straight defensive linemen going off the board first. Not linemen, just players. Defensive, or defensive players. players. Yeah, I'm sorry, defensive players. Let's say a quarterback or two goes and whatever. And and at 18, sure. um, linebacker Devin oh, or God. defensive lineman Ed Oliver are still on the board, oh my which God. would be two positions of need depending on how free agency goes. Man. Would you guys be okay – with with the Vikings selecting one of those two players and then going offensive line, offensive line in rounds two and three? Oh, that would make it certainly more. Even if Greedy Williams, the corner fell, who I think is the best corner in 10 years I've seen play college football. The guy's awesome. If the Vikings draft a quarterback in round one, people are going to set themselves on fire like they're a Buddhist monk in Vietnam, man. And you know what? You know what? If I say the top 10 picks are going to be defense, he's probably going to be around five. So he'd be one of those. Okay. But to answer the question – I think the way I, the way I'm doing this research, the way it's all falling out is there's some going to be some really really good guards in the second round of the draft. Yes, uh, the talent for tackle, I mean Reisner and Jonah Williams and Dillard, those guys are all going to be start. Could use they're all going to start day one. Cody Ford, Cody Ford, especially because he he can flop back between guard and tackle. Um, and even the even the top two centers, you got Jenkins and you got Bradbury. Both those guys play guard and center, and they're both really good. They're both really good interior linemen. The choice is so vast there. I, I think kind of what, what Dave just said, if you got the top tackle falling to you, how do you not take him? But then that 
But what are you really doing if you're going to play Reef at left tackle? You're trying overdrafting a position, right? You kind of need that. Well, then you then you do the talk about well, can Reef play left guard? Oh, that just oh, don't even get me started. No, 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 no. Oh, I'm, I'm just that's saying. That's if, you, if, if, if that's what you do, if you drop that, if, no, if the no. number one blue chip tackle drops to you, you have to take him. But that because kind of, that's going to last a long time. No, Reef's got one more year. If you're not right? going to plug Reef in a different this one. Position, then you're wasting that pick taking another left tackle. What are you going to do with Reef? If he can't go inside, then you're kind of causing a hole. Well, yeah, I know. I know. I but just, left tackle. I'm, yeah, but Reef's contract's what? He's got two years left. Uh, and yeah. then he's going to be aging up. I, I understand fully what you're saying. If the if the best tackle's there, left tackle, how do you not take that guy? But I've never seen a, the best left tackle in the draft fall to 18 yet. Oh, I, I haven't either, and I don't think that's going to happen. But there's going to be a lot of the, – the the what I let in with this is there's so many good defensive players in this draft. You got White. You got Bosa. You got this name one after another. Well, and, and we know Zimmer's going to want to have a replacement for Anthony Barr. Yeah, I mean, you got the, the two Devon linebackers. What if they fall to 18? And to, yeah. Ted said, Oliver, how would you pass on Oliver? If he's there at eight, how do you pass on that guy? Well, so, like, I, I do a bunch of between mock draft posts, which I didn't get to this week because of my surgery. Um, but, like, I do a bunch of other ones with a bunch of different variables. And almost, not every draft, but a good percentage of – the mock drafts I do, either Ed Oliver or Devin Bush falls to 18. So, and, and and everybody's like, oh, that'll never happen. That'll never happen. Folks, weird things happen in the first round of the NFL draft. And guys you think will be gone in the top five are, are going to be sitting there. Dwayne Haskins might be there at 18. Bush, Devin Bush will be there. I don't think Devin White will, but Devin Bush is a middle linebacker. So I don't know really. And what are we mm -hmm. going to do with Kendricks? If we brought Devin, if you draft Devin Bush, what are you going to do? Yeah. Eric Kendricks go to the outside? I mean, what do you do with that situation? I meant Devin White. I'm sorry, not Devin Bush. What was You're I doing? Giving praise to a Michigan guy. What yeah! I, <laughs> <laughs> I haven't said Bosa. He's number one De overall, so we'll see. Devin, Devin White, LS, LSU linebacker, right? There's, there's going to be some serious – the Vikings have to hit the first two picks. They have to be starters. They have to yes. hit them, but they got to be starters. So I don't know if, if – the word is, though, I've had other people tell me there's not a guard in this draft worth taking at 18, Drew. There's not. And I'm thinking, well, I, you know, there's a cluster of them in the second round. I think he, the, you know what really makes it tricky, guys, is the fact that these guys play multiple positions. That's what makes it tough. That's what makes it really tough. When you look at it, Cody Ford, when you look at it, guys that can flop around the offensive line and fill different positions when a guy gets hurt. That yeah, but that's good. But when no, you do your no, research, they, when you they, do your research, Look what scheme they're running. No, I, I know, I know. And th th here's a good example. Michael Dieter from, from Wisconsin. He played left tackle last year for Wisconsin. Mm -hmm. That guy's going to play guard in the NFL. Michael Dieter will be the first guy to tell you, I'm going to play guard in the NFL because I'm a better guard than I am a tackle, except Wisconsin was loaded with good offensive linemen. But I am Dieter, and this is Sprockets. But you can bring Dieter in, as, but he can play tackle. So when you got guys that can play – you know the guys that get hurt about this are the guys that play one position only. They're the ones that are going to drop. Yeah. So, well, I don't know what they're going to do. It's going to be 18 is going to have a premier player there, though. And I think it's going to be even more confusing if one of these really, really good studs that are top 10 guys fall. Like Ted said, then you're really going, 
holy shit, what are we going to do? You know, you know, if it's a top, if it's a consensus top five or 10 defensive player, be it a, a defensive lineman or linebacker that's sitting on the board at 18, you know, Mike Zimmer is going to be standing <laughs> on the table saying, we got to get this guy. And, and you know what? How can, you tell you what How can you blame him, though? You know? I'll tell you what, he'll have a legitimate reason, too, especially if Anthony Barr leaves like everybody expects and, and they can't resign Sheldon Richardson like everybody expects. That I, is, I would that fully is. expect it. You know what? You must be not on pain meds. That makes a lot of sense. You're doing good. The shoulder has helped you. Man, hey, guys. It's killing me. Yeah. I agree with that 100%. It's going to be – we'll have a couple draft shows before then, hopefully. Oh, yes, and that was what I was going to lead into. We will continue this talk in future recordings and episodes, but we're going to wind down this show. But first, I wanted to leave you with one thing to contemplate. If this is the final – possibly the final season for Spielman and Zimmer, right? It's all on the line. Yes, Zimmer got his extension for one year, but we know that basically means nothing. It means he's not a lame duck coach yep. in the eye of free agencies, but he could still be fired. And Zimmer's last season, if it is theirs, do you <coughs> think they're going to go all out on either free agency, but especially the draft, because it's now or never, baby, and they've got to do it. And I fully anticipate that they'll suck up some picks from next year's draft as well to move up and grab the personnel that they want. See, that would be a bold move. I, I, Shouldn't you yeah, go all I, out every year? Shouldn't you go all out every year? I mean, <laughs> 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 they're going to go all out this year because it's Zimmers. I, it's a great question, Dave, but it just kind of makes me think, you know, what have they been doing the last three years, dragging their feet? I mean, fuck. Well, no, no, I get it. I mean, up until this year, they've been thinking long-term, not not to sacrifice future drafts for for in-the-moment an in-the-moment guy. But if they both think, well, this could be our swan song, uh, that makes – yeah, that's a very good question, dude. That's a very, very good question. Who you got there? I got Salem. Uh, Salem know, came in. You know, hey, Salem, you know, the other reason it's a good question is because I think the moment Cousins came to Minnesota, Zimmer said, this is do or die for me. This is either going to work or be my exit. It's got to be. So it'll be my exit. But I think we're going to – we got a leg up on the Super Bowl over New England and everybody else. You know why? There's one thing that's happened that I think is huge. We're going to have a coach for the kicker. And I think that (laughs) – Maybe. But I do think that's huge. That gives us a huge advantage. That's a huge advantage for the NFL. We got our own personal kicker coach. Oh, jeez. Uh, with that, let's wrap it up. All righty. All right. Salem, you want to say goodbye or hi? You want to say hi? Goodbye, sweetheart. Hi, hi Salem. Can you win? Salem. <laughs> Go see mommy. Don't scare her. There she goes. Aww. It's really good talking football with you guys. Uh, it was. It's been too long. Coming up for future shows, for people listening, we're going to have some games. We're going to have some guests. Aren't we, Dave? I'm just kind of – Yep. No, we're planning on it. You Ted, have you got anything to say? Who, me? Yeah, you. Uh, uh, I, need to, I need to take uh, some pain uh, medicine. I gotta, <laughs> time I gotta for some Percocet, baby. Thanks for playing <laughs> drums. You're a good drummer, by the way. <laughs> Your drum beat. Hey, right now, right now, I could be the Def Leppard drummer because I only got one arm. <laughs> <laughs> On that note, Drew, what have you got to say, baby? Meow, meow, Viking cow. That's great, dude. <laughs> <laughs>
Hey, skull, oh. everybody! Hey, good morning, Calhoun is back! Hysteria!